Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Intersecting Media presents. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. The next thing in late night talk. Here we go. While you're working, eating, and playing, he's watching. It'll be like old ten. Keeping you informed. Thank you. Jason Page. Demented and sad. But social. Covering all the day's news from a studio somewhere in Southeast Asia. Worldwide! And talking about it with you. Blah, blah, blah. You're up late with Jason Page. Hoo-ha! Or up early. Good morning. But just stay up. It is time. Here's Jason. Thank you, Chad Erickson. Thank you for watching wherever you are around the world. Whether it is Tuesday night. Or Wednesday morning, or even Wednesday afternoon. I'm Jason Page. Glad to have you with us. I'm in a mood today. I'm in a. I'm salty. I'm not like Pierce Morgan. I'm gonna storm off the set salty. Oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> you ever see a guy cancel himself before? We talk about cancel culture all the time on this show, right? Guy canceled himself. <laughs> I don't know, it might have been a jump or will push you out sort of thing at ITV there with Pierce Morgan, but I'm in a mood today. I am in a mood. All right, uh, let's see. What are we going to do here for the next 60 minutes? I got, I, I got four big topics I want to I kind of talk about. Um, I woke up to the news today of, of Myers Leonard. Uh, and for people who don't follow sports, this may not be as of as much interest to you as it might be to others. Um, I made my bones, you know, um, covering sports for a living for a number of years. So whenever I see stories like this in sports, they always sort of pique my curiosity. Um, yeah, let me start with this. We live in an era, I don't think we live in an era with more ignorant athletes or unwoke athletes or more people saying stupid things, which is what this Myers-Leonard story is about. Ignorance, stupidity, um, privilege, it's all of those things. I don't think it's, I don't think we're necessarily living in an era where more of that is happening. I just think we live in an era where cameras are everywhere, where everybody's got a microphone or a camera in front of their face, either willingly or unwillingly. And in the case of Myers-Leonard, it was willingly. Uh, some of you might be watching us on Twitch, the gaming platform that's also becoming more of a platform for just general talk, just chatting, people sucking fake ears into a microphone and getting thousands of people to watch, whatever. Not judging. But we live in a day and age where cameras and microphones are everywhere. There's a million platforms to voice your opinion, both through audio, Clubhouse, the new trending sensation. I have it, but I haven't started using it yet. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, Twitter, everybody. Everybody's got something. Snapchat. There's all these different ways. And that's not even counting just the everyday media which is out there covering professional athletes, entertainers, whatever it may be. 
So when Myers Leonard goes on, oh boy, um, when Myers Leonard goes on to Twitch and gets himself into hot water by making a comment that he shouldn't make, while there's the initial outrage and shock, and, and I'll get into the, the double standard that I think exists here when we, when we talk about this story. While Myers Leonard does that, he is a product of a generation that constantly has social media, video, audio, all these things in their face. And we catch athletes, entertainers, politicians, even to some degree now, I guess we could say too. In these moments where something in their subconscious or something that's just clearly in the frontal lobe, so to speak, comes out something gets said that shouldn't be said and you wind up like a, a, a case like we see with this Myers Leonard story and it I, I don't know if it's a career killer for him if it's a career ender for him he's not necessarily the greatest player uh, he's coming off an injury he's a contributor but he's not a huge star by any stretch of the imagination See for yourself. This is what happened. Myers Leonard on Twitter playing Call of Duty. Uh, we'll cue up the video. Here it is. Let's go, baby. Fucking cowards. Don't get snagged me, you fucking kike bitch. Oh, boy. <laughs> I just dropped that on my head. That didn't even go to fucking... Um, anyways. So, Myers Leonard, if you missed that, we'll play it one more time. He's playing the game. Probably thousands of people watching him. And again... You can hear it for yourself. Let's go, baby. Fucking cowards. Don't fucking snipe me, you fucking kike bitch. <laughs> I just dropped that on my head. That didn't even go to fucking... Um, anyways. Now, moments later, you would actually see Myers Leonard um, say, hey, guys, hold on a second. And you see him take a phone call. All this happening live on Twitch, by the way. You see him take a phone call. And in this phone call, you could see he's doing a lot of listening and not a lot of talking. The call ends after about 40 seconds, 45 seconds, and he comes back onto the stream and says, hey, guys, I got to go. That's my wife. She needs me. Bye. But you could tell. Either it was his agent or it was the Heat organization, somebody in PR with the Heat or somebody. It was, it was obviously not a good call for him. Now let's talk about the comment. He used a term that is um, derogatory, it's anti-Semitic. It is a derogatory term to describe uh, Jewish people. And Leonard has since put out an apology, but we'll get to that in a second because it's, it's the same old apology you always get from athletes these days or entertainers or politicians who, who say these sorts of things. But Myers Leonard used this, this comment. The word that he used is not a typical slur that you would throw out just on a whim. Now, I'm not going to play psychologist here, even though it sounds like I am. But think about it for a second. You see him pause, thinking of an insult for somebody who was playing this game. Right? 
You're looking for that comment. And what does he come up with? He actually paused. He he was he was filtering himself in this moment. Watch watch again. Let's go, baby. Fucking cowards. Don't fucking snipe me, you fucking kike bitch. He's filtering himself. Look, there's the pause. Let's go, baby. Fucking cowards. Don't fucking snipe me, you fucking. Now he waits. Kike bitch. I mean, he waits a full <laughs> second. Before he uses that term. So he knows what he's using in that spot. You're going to tell me it was the first time he ever said it? You're going to tell me it was the the only time he ever said it? That this isn't who he is? I always go back to a, a, a Maya Angelou quote when it comes to things like this. I'm a big believer in this. And you know what? Some people may want to throw this back in my face and, and throw something at me and say, well, this is who I think you are. And that's fine. Maya Angelou once said, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. I mean, that's what, that's what you got right there from Myers Leonard. He showed you who he was. He showed you who he was in that moment. Paused. And then went with it. Man, that's who that's who Myers Leonard is. Whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, that's who he is. Now, uh, for the Myers Leonard apology tour, which is um, already underway. Here is what Myers Leonard said. See if I can find the uh, apology here. Mm. Do we have the Myers Leonard apology? Um, I don't have it in front of me. I'll have to find it. Uh, I don't have the Myers Leonard apology, but but essentially, it was the same old canned uh, apology that you get from a lot of professional athletes and. And things like that in this sort of situation. I'm going to grow from it. I'm going to lead with actions, not words. I didn't know what the word meant was one of his arguments. And you could choose to believe that or, or not believe that. Is this a career ender for him? He's only played a few games this year. He's been recovering from shoulder surgery. There had been talk that the Jazz were interested in in trading for him. Who knows how this impacts any of that sort of conversation. But here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about double standards. Myers Leonard should be punished by the league. Full stop. But let's have a conversation about, I don't know, you want to call it the evolution on things like this by the league? 11 years ago, 11 years ago, uh, this was LeBron James. I'm sorry, that's the Roy Hibbert video. Let me get the LeBron James video if I can here. LeBron James, 11 years ago, in a press gaggle, says this. I mean, he's an unbelievable player, a guy that, um, put the mic back just a little bit, in a little room. I put it in my mouth, no homo. So, uh, you hear what he said at the end of that? Let me play it again in case you didn't hear it. 
Unbelievable player, <coughs> a guy that um, put the mic back just a little bit, in a little room. Put it in my mouth, no homo. Put it in my mouth, no homo. Not fined, not suspended, and honestly, it was kind of forgotten by many in the media. Yeah, LeBron being LeBron, ha <laughs> ha. Uh, it's our star. It's our breadwinner. We're not gonna, nah. Not gonna go after LeBron for that. Three years later, mind you. Similar situation for Roy Hibbert. Not his best moment, uh, admittedly. See for yourself. Game three here. I really felt that uh, I let Paul down in terms of uh, having his back when LeBron was scoring in the post or getting to the paint because they stretched me out so much. No homo. And, um, and, uh, (laughs) (laughs) kids being kids. They're so funny. Roy Hibbert was fined. I don't know if he was suspended. He was definitely fined. Here's the question. And, and I think it's a, I'm, I'm asking the question. I don't have the answer. Normally when I ask a question on my show, I have an answer. I don't have an answer for this. What's fair game to discuss? We live in an era right now where people are retroactively being castigated for things they've said, things they've done, um, sexual harassment, sexually inappropriate comments. I see David Letterman's getting raked over the coals for interviews he did with Janet Jackson back when Super Bowl Nipplegate happened. I mean, we're seeing all sorts of different uh, retroactive punishment for people who have said and done things that they probably shouldn't have done. But it's funny. I brought up the LeBron thing tonight on social media. I brought up the fact that LeBron had this moment where he did the no homo thing. And again, you could say, ah, it's just playful. It's joking. It's not joking to me. It's not funny to me. I'm a gay man. I don't think it's funny. So, what's fair game? Is going back 11 years to castigate LeBron? Well, is that just too far? 11 years is too far. Five or six or seven, that's okay. But if you go back 11 years, well, you're just trying to score points. Or you're being an opportunist and going after LeBron for something he said 11 years ago. I I was just texting with somebody who's a good friend of mine. Um, who's around the NBA. I won't say who. Literally, as we were starting the show. And the person said, well, in fairness, I think LeBron has grown a great deal in 11 years. Still wasn't fined. Still wasn't suspended. And he's hailed as, like, the hero of all things equality and social justice as it relates to the NBA now. Well, 11 years ago, this is what he said. You want to say he's evolved? Okay. Well, then can't you make that argument about other people that we've cast out of society for saying and doing certain things? Again, I'm asking the question. I don't have the answer. But I'm asking the question. Where is too far? Where are you beyond, if it was four years ago? What about seven or eight or nine? Ten? Okay, but 11? No, no, that's out of bounds. No pun intended. These are, the, these are the tricky times that we're trying to navigate. As far as Myers-Leonard is concerned, 
he is playing for an organization owned by a Jewish man and living in a city, Miami, that has a large Jewish population, a large part of Florida, uh, not necessarily Miami, but a large part of Florida, southern Florida, has a huge Jewish population. Yet he still thought, in his mind, even with a pause to self-filter, he thought it was okay to go on a live stream and use an anti-Semitic term in that live stream and then just kept on going like it was nothing. (laughs) Oh, man. It's where we are today. You guys can let me know what you think. Uh, Hit me up in the chat box. Put your comments in there. Let me know what you think. When, what's too far out of bounds? Is it is LeBron fair game for saying no homo 11 years ago? Or is, is that too far? We can't talk about that. Because then you're just, you're just trying to drum up controversy. You're being an opportunist. I'm just pointing out the fact that 11 years ago, LeBron said no homo. Didn't get fined, didn't get suspended. Three years later, Roy Hibbert does the same thing, gets fined. Don't remember if he got suspended, but he definitely got fined. I mean, take it what it is. Um, all right, quick break. I want to come back. I want to talk about uh, another sports-related issue. If you watched ESPN over the years, while you might get, you know, Barry Melrose in the the Steve Levy lounge or whatever, and they talk about hockey, or Linda Cohn talking about hockey, or over on ESPN Plus, which, you know, I don't know how many people watch, I'm not saying that in a derogatory way. I honestly don't know how many people watch ESPN+. Plus, But you have ESPN, which has basically ignored hockey ever since it left their airwaves. Well, that might be about to change. We'll explain next. All right, we welcome you back up late. I am Jason Page. Good to be with you on this Tuesday slash Wednesday edition of the show, depending on where you're listening or watching. And if you haven't done so yet, uh, this is your reminder. Go and subscribe to the Up Late with Jason Page podcast. Uh, If you can't watch the show, or maybe you can only watch it for a few minutes and then you got to check out, you got to go to bed, you got to put the kids to bed, whatever it may be. Um, Go and subscribe to the Up Late with Jason Page podcast. It's available on all your favorite podcasting platforms for my friends at the Believe Podcast Network, B-L-E-A-V. Uh, thanks to Braun Houston, Stam, and uh, their great team over there uh, for working with me over the last few years on these different podcasting projects I've been doing. Up late with Jason Page, the podcast, go get it. While I'm at it, the Intersection Podcast, my other baby, uh, that was the original. The Intersection Podcast, the latest episode, is my in-depth conversation with my good friend, Stan Van Gundy, the head coach of the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, formerly of the Pistons, Magic, and Heat. Great conversation. We touched on a lot of important topics. If you get a chance, go and check it out. We talked some basketball. We talked about social media. We talked about politics. uh, We talked about a little bit of everything. So if you get a chance, go and check it out. Um, The Intersection podcast, also available through all your major podcast platforms, Apple, uh, Apple Music, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. We're on all of them. 
so go and get that latest episode of the Intersection Podcast, my uh, lengthy conversation with my good friend Stan Van Gundy. Um, I, I've worked for ESPN um, both on one of their affiliates in Hartford, Connecticut, for those of you that aren't familiar with the United States, right next to New York, um, Hartford, Connecticut. And then later in my life, I worked for an ESPN radio station in New York City, which was owned uh, at the time by, by ESPN, still is owned by ESPN. Uh, so I've worked for the mouse. I've collected a paycheck from the mouse. I have friends that work for the mouse. I have a lot of respect for a lot of people that work at the mouse. Uh, I also worked for NBC Sports uh, and the NBC Sports Group through their NBC Sports Radio Network, which is now defunct, um, as will soon be the NBC Sports TV Network. But when I went to go work for both, there was one common theme. Don't talk about hockey. Doesn't move the needle. We don't care. Nobody cares about hockey talk on the radio. Don't do it. Now, obviously, in places like Toronto and Montreal and Calgary, Vancouver, Edmonton, they probably disagree with that. Winnipeg. But as it relates to Americans and sports radio, hockey was a topic that even when ESPN had it on their network, they didn't really care if you talked about it or not. And when they didn't have hockey on their network, they sure as hell did not want you talking about the NHL on ESPN. Not spilling secrets that are out of tune here. All you got to do is look at the website. Go see how hard it is to find hockey on the ESPN website. Now, I went to go work for NBC Sports in 2012, 2013. They were carrying the NHL on NBC Sports Network and on NBC. And eventually they'd even be carrying it on uh, NBC Sports Radio. But here's something interesting. When I went to go work for NBC Sports Radio, I remember the first meeting I had with a guy named Chris Corcoran. He was the general manager at the time of uh, NBC Sports, NBC Sports Radio. And I said, um, you know, we were just going over some ground rules, what we could talk about, what we can't talk about, getting a sense for what they wanted to move the needle with. I said, well, what about hockey? You know, we carry. No, 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 I'm talking about hockey. No, you ain't got. No, no, ain't no talking about hockey. Wait a minute. We, we carry it. Nope. No hockey. Not talking about it. Because nobody cares. Nobody cares about hockey. That's just the reality. Um, it is not a topic that pushes people to listen longer. Time spent listening, very important in radio. So it's just not something that's of a lot of interest to a lot of people in, in sports media. But it is fascinating to me, fascinating to me, to see this news. Uh, Andrew Marchand, the great uh, intrepid reporter over at the New York Post, who covers uh, sports media for them. What a great gig, by the way. Just covering the ins and outs of sports media. That's a mint gig. Uh, the headline tonight on the New York Post's website, NHL 
ESPN reached deal with NBC in predicament. And the first line is the only one you need to know. The NHL is returning to ESPN. I kind of had a sense for years that this might be coming because ESPN has sort of ratcheted up their coverage of hockey in terms of ESPN Plus, which I mentioned before the break. And you could tell they've been kind of leaning in the direction of trying to set themselves up for a time when they would be interested in maybe pursuing something with the NHL. Seven-year deal could be announced as soon as this week. Four Stanley Cups, according to sources quoted in this Andrew Marchand story. Four Stanley Cups for the ABC slash ESPN brand. ESPN and the NHL aren't commenting. Uh, No financials of the deal have been discussed. And again, ESPN Plus has already been doing some stuff with the NHL. And ESPN Plus is expected to be a big part of this deal as well. NBC Sports is in the final year of a 10-year deal that's worth about $2 billion. It's had exclusive rights to the league in the U.S., but the NHL is set out to have now multiple carriers. They want to kind of spread their seeds, so to speak. And there's still thought that the NBC group, that Comcast, because NBC Sports Network's going away, the NBC group may still retain half of the package and pick of the other three cups. And here's what some of this boils down to. These places do not have um, endless amounts of money, right? These networks don't have endless amounts of money. They don't have a money tree in their backyard. So they have to make decisions. And right now, there's the conversation about Sunday Night Football for NBC, which, by the way, keep this, put this in perspective. The NHL deal for NBC that they did 10 years ago, that was $2 billion for 10 years. Sunday Night Football in the next deal for NBC will be $2 billion per season. Think that over for a second. If you want to talk about the the disparity between TV contracts for the NHL and the NFL, the fact that they're not even in the same league, they're not even they're not even on the same planet. I mean, the NFL's way up here, and you got the you got hockey just barely could get into the screen. Comcast CEO Brian Roberts said the parent company of NBC Sports will need to make, quote, tough decisions on current relationships. That's a hint about the situation with the NHL. And again, NBC Sports Network's going away at the end of the year. But NBC is saying, well, we could use USA Network, their new streaming service, Peacock, for the majority of any games. I don't know how much the NHL is crazy about having their games on USA. Hey, here's a rerun of a Law & Order SVU episode from 2003. Coming up next, watch Alex Ovechkin and... Now, I'm not sure how crazy the NHL is about that. Maybe they really love NBC. 
but it is interesting. A lot of people are Fox is, by the way, also supposed to be another candidate for the other half of this NHL package. And uh, Andrew Marchand says CBS can't entirely be ruled out as well. I can never imagine hockey on CBS. Nope. Can't imagine it. But it's kind of funny now because people are talking about, you know, who would you have announced the games if you're ESPN? And I saw somebody bring this up tonight. Uh, somebody I follow on Twitter named Izzy Presley, who actually said something pretty cool tonight. He said, you got to bring back Gary Thorne and Bill Clement. <laughs> you got to bring back that duo and let them do games. Uh, our buddy Dave weighing in on the, on the broadcast says, people wonder how these athletes make so much money. The money comes from somewhere. ESPN may put NHL back on the map. I don't know if anything could put the NHL back on the map. TV ratings for sports in general are, are declining. I mean, the NFL is seeing it. The NBA is seeing it. Baseball is a regional sport when you talk about TV ratings. Hockey's the same way. It's a regional sport. When you talk about who watches it and in large numbers, I'm sure the local numbers for a New York Rangers game on MSG are great. But if you put them on NBC on a Sunday afternoon, who's really watching? Does it matter if you put them on ABC, CBS, Fox? I don't think it does. And I have to imagine the NHL got hit hard last year. Uh, and Dave points this out. He says 33% of NHL teams lose money. Might change things. Uh, I, I think everybody on some level had to be losing money last year with no fans in the stands and so far no fans in the stands for this season which is why you see teams just itching to get fans back in the seats. But I'm curious to see if if the NHL on ESPN really makes a big difference ratings-wise. Here's the reality. And again, I say this as somebody that worked for the NBC Sports Group. I don't think most people even knew where NBC Sports Network was on the dial. Like, where to find it. Like, when I lived in Connecticut, when I lived anywhere, I always knew, all right, here's where ESPN is on the dial. There's where Fox, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, HBO. I, I always knew where every channel is on the dial. If you always ask me, where's NBC Sports now? I, don't, I, don't, I have no idea. Most people don't know. So we'll see what happens. Uh, worth keeping an eye on. If ESPN brings back hockey. And now all of a sudden you'll see it front and center on Sports Center. It won't be, you know, kind of loaded to the back or, oh, also, by the way, here's a quick highlight. No, no. You'll see it front and center again. You can count on it on, on Sports Center because ESPN loves to promote its product. Sports Center isn't a news program, it's an entertainment show that gives you some highlights and promotes the ESPN brand. ESPN Radio is the same thing. That's the way they operate. And I'm not saying that's a bad decision. I'm just saying that's what you have to understand about why you see what you see on ESPN. It's an entertainment network as much as it is anything. We were talking about this with Lon McCarron the other day. If you watch the World Series of Poker on ESPN, what did Lon McCarron say? Well, some people get upset because it's not inside poker sort of knowledge. No, because it's a sports network. It's an entertainment network. You want that? Go to the Poker Channel, which I think is online somewhere. Uh, a quick break, and then we chew into 
Pierce Morgan, who canceled himself. We're coming back. All right, we welcome you back. Up late with Jason Page on this Tuesday slash Wednesday. If you miss anything from the show, don't forget you can subscribe, get the podcast, the Up Late with Jason Page podcast, courtesy of the Believe Podcast Network, but it's on every major podcast streaming platform. I'd prefer you watch, but not everybody could stay up late, so I'm I'm completely uh, understanding as it as it relates to that. Uh, also, the Intersection Podcast, Stan Van Gundy, my guest in this week's episode. Uh, a lot of people are listening to it. Go and get it for yourself. Uh, we'll finish the show with some good news. I promise. Uh, coming up in about 10 minutes or so. So you look at the uh, the guy on the screen. Not me, but below me. Um, that's Pierce Morgan. Uh, we live in an age of cancel culture, right? We talk about it all the time. People being canceled for things they say, things they do. Uh, never before have you probably seen a man cancel himself. But that is precisely what Pierce Morgan decided to do on Tuesday morning. Uh, he has been incredibly outspoken on the Meghan Markle, uh, Prince Harry interview with Oprah. Even going so far as to say that he doesn't believe her when it comes to insinuations of racism inside the monarchy. Uh, Even though Prince Harry and Meghan Markle did not want to say who it was that made a comment regarding the race of their mixed race child, what color is he going to be, um, that sort of thing. Um, and he tried to kind of backtrack a little bit saying, Hey, you know, I take her claims about, um, potentially harming herself and suicide thoughts. Seriously, he tried to, but the reality is it was too late. 41,000 complaints came into the United Kingdom's office of communications over Pierce Morgan's comments on Meghan and Prince Harry's interview with Oprah. 41,000. And that led to this moment on Tuesday morning over on ITV with Pierce Morgan and one of the weather guys um, over on ITV, who's part of the morning show. And take a listen closely to this brief part of this exchange. And you can, um, well, you can kind of see for yourself what, what took place. And I understand that you don't like Meghan Markle. You've made it so clear a number of times on this programme, a number of times. And I understand that you've got a personal relationship with Meghan Markle or had one and she cut you off. She's entitled to cut you off if she wants to. Has she said anything about you since she cut you off? I don't think she has, but yet you continue to trash her. Okay. I'm done with this. No, no, no. Sorry. No. Oh, Sorry. Do you know what? That's pathetic. You can trash me, maybe not my no, own. No, 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 no. See you later. I'm being... So- Sorry, can't this do this. This is absolutely diabolical behaviour. I'm sorry, but Pierce spouts off on a regular basis and we all have to sit there and listen. 6.30 to 7 o'clock yesterday was incredibly hard to watch. Wow. So that's what took place on the show on Tuesday. 
Pierce walked off the set. Now, I, my understanding is he walked back onto the set later. But it was announced. Um, ITV on Tuesday, following discussions, Morgan had decided to quit. Quote, ITV has accepted this decision and has nothing further to add. In a tweet hours after the ITV announcement, Morgan seemed to refer to his departure. Quote, thinking of my late great manager, John Ferreter, tonight, Morgan said. He'd have told me to do exactly the same thing. I don't believe a word she says, Meghan Markle, Morgan said. I wouldn't believe it if she read a weather report. And the fact that she fired up this onslaught against our royal family, I think is contemptible. So you see what angle he was obviously attacking this story from. But in an age of cancel culture, it's rare to see somebody cancel themselves. Now, by the way, he has a weekend show, I think, also uh, still with ITV. I don't know if that will continue, but we'll have to see. Um, Tiffany Connor, according to this NBC News story, Tiffany Connor said she filed one of the 41,000 complaints after seeing Morgan's comments on Megan's mental health from Monday's show. In her complaint, she wrote, Morgan's comments perpetuate the stigma of mental illness and is in direct conflict with ITV's campaign to promote mental health conversations. So while, me, while, while Pierce Morgan may have quit, you can make the argument he may have been pushed out the door. He saw the writing on the wall and probably knew his, his turn in the firing line, so to speak, was coming. In other segments, Morgan questioned guests as to whether it was truly racist to question what a mixed-race child's skin might look like. <sighs> Guest Shola Moss Shobaminu on Monday called Morgan a disappointment during a heated debate about the monarchy's colonial history and racism. I wish to God one day you even surprise me, she said. You constantly use your platform as a wealthy, white, privileged man with power and influence to aggravate and escalate bigoted, sexist, racist, and misogynist attacks on Meghan Markle. Morgan responded by calling her comments race-baiting nonsense. Matter of fact, listen for yourself. This is the exchange. What about the behavior of Harry and Meghan? who are spray-gunning his family on global television as Philip lies in hospital. You might laugh. I don't think it's no. funny. I think it's piling no, uh, hurt, hurt on the Queen, who is already what suffering greatly from her husband's so illness. I respond to that. What I don't think is funny, I'll tell you what I don't think is funny, is the fact that you are such a disappointment. I wish to God one day you would even surprise me. You, constant, you constantly use your platform as a wealthy, white, privileged man with powered influence. Oh, what a load of nonsense, honestly. The what a load of race-baiting race nonsense. And the misogynist what attacks on Meghan Markle. And you do nonsense. it so shamelessly. We have done That's more, we have done so more on racial issues on this show than any other so show on television. <laughs> now, is it just me or does that sound like the, the guy who says, but I have black friends. We've done more on this show about racial issues. What's the difference between that and I have black friends? Anything they've done that is wrong. Charlotte, you, you can want keep to shouting. Deny that the royal family has any racist undertone or actions against the first biracial person simply because you're in love with the queen? No, you I think, I think queen, what you're doing now. You can love okay. the queen, but you should be able to call out actions done by the royal family when they've got it wrong. Yeah, That's I'm not going to let you trash the queen. Sorry. Just not going to let you do it. Well, I'm not, not going to let you do it. 
So basically what you got there is Pierce Morgan is an apologist for the queen. The queen can do no wrong. She is beyond reproach. I mean, that's Pierce Morgan kissing the ring, so to speak. Be interested to see what he does next. Maybe he'll go to Fox News in primetime. Put him at 7 (laughs) o'clock. They got an opening at 7 o'clock. Is Pierce Morgan going to wind up there? Would not shock me. Would not shock me, not in the least bit. Remember, he was on CNN for a number of years. He was the guy to follow uh, Larry King. We kind of see how that turned out, right? But Pierce Morgan, out ITV, we'll see where he uh, winds up. But this is what losing the debate looks like. When you stand up and walk off the stage, when you host a show, like the one Pierce Morgan was hosting, Good Morning Britain, whatever it is, if you're hosting that kind of show, There's one thing, I think there's one unforgivable sin. And that is walking off a set. Just shutting it down. To me, that's the unforgivable sin. Because it means you don't have any sort of intellectual response that you can give. It means you've lost the debate. It means you've lost the conversation entirely. And that's what you saw with Pierce Morgan. Good riddance to bad garbage, I hate to say it. We're coming back. We'll finish with some good news next. All right, we welcome you back up late with Jason Page. Let's finish with some good news today, if uh, if you don't mind. Um, I, I was having this conversation with my partner the other day, and he says, you always have to, he goes, why does it always feel like when you're talking about, you know, particular topics on your show, you make it about you, he always says. Um, I believe in doing a show that's relatable. That shows I'm just like everybody else. Like, I've always kind of prided myself on the idea that I wasn't some Syracuse grad who had connections and knew the right people, and that's how I got my opportunities. I just busted my ass. I went and worked in places nobody else would work, in towns across America that nobody else would work in. I never had a sense of entitlement that I deserved or was owed anything. And eventually one day I found myself doing radio in New York City, San Francisco, nationally. I was lucky. Um, There's always a degree of luck when it comes to, you find me somebody who's successful, I'll find you a person that's, that's lucky to some degree. My father used to say that. Show me a successful person, I'll show you a lucky person. Um. So I, you know, I worked hard, but I got some breaks along the way. Nothing was given to me, though. I just got opportunities. And I've always prided myself on being relatable, which is why I've shared stories from my personal life. The fact that I was molested, the fact that I've had a gambling addiction, the fact that I'm a a recovering obese person who's always trying to lose weight and make better decisions about the food he eats. I've always liked sharing my life with you guys. I've always, it's radio for me, and now um, now doing now doing video, um, it's cathartic for me. It's always been cathartic for me to be able to sit at this microphone and, and talk to you guys, whether it's thousands of people watching, listening, or 50 people watching or listening. Never mattered to me. I do it for myself as much as I do it for you guys. So, 
when I tell you that Alzheimer's runs in my family, dementia runs in my family, uh, particularly on my dad's side of the family. So it's a topic that's always meant a lot to me. So when I see a story, and, and I know so many people um, that have had a loved one, whether in their immediate family, a friend, whatever it may be, uh, that suffers from dementia or Alzheimer's, who has a friend or a friend's parent, whatever it may be. So uh, there's a great group on Facebook called Molly's Movement, which um, people share their stories and their videos and pictures of family members going through Alzheimer's. And it's almost like a support group. It's terrific. If you're somebody dealing with Alzheimer's in your own family and dementia in your own family, go and check it out. It's called Molly's Movement. M-O-L-L-Y apostrophe S movement. So when I see a story that shines a positive light on treatment of Alzheimer's, uh, it's something I rush to. A new study from Augusta University's Medical College of Georgia is linking high-dose CBD, which we associate with marijuana, to uh, with cannabis. Uh, a high-dose CBD to multiple benefits associated with early-onset familial Alzheimer's disease. So if Alzheimer's runs in your family, they're saying high doses of CBD uh, could include, include uh, improved cognition and restored function in proteins responsible for clearing plaque from the brain. And this is a big deal when it comes to Alzheimer's, plaque from getting that plaque off the brain. In addition, the CBD was found to reduce levels of a protein linked with the excessive inflammation found in Alzheimer's patients. Alzheimer's disease is a major problem all over the world, um, especially in older people. And it's something I'm extremely cognizant of because it runs in my family. I'm, I'm susceptible. Plus, I've had multiple brain injuries, um, so I, I'm even at greater risk, pardon me, um, I'm even at greater risk as it relates to potentially developing Alzheimer's disease and dementia as, as I get older. Um, so this is, this is good news. It's very good news. Two proteins in particular play a key role in clearing the brain of the plaque and dead cells. They're called IL-33 and TREM2 both of which are found at lower levels in the case of Alzheimer's disease. This new study has found that high-dose CBD may be able to normalize the level of IL-33 protein in the brains of Alzheimer's patients while reducing levels of the inflammation promoting IL-6 protein. Bottom line, go run out and get CBD where you can in the United States. Sounds like it could be something that um, is really beneficial, right? They're saying more research is necessary, including work on determining the ideal dosage and evaluating the effects on CBD when given in the earlier stages of early onset Alzheimer's disease. But some people are hopeful that this could be the start of a way of treating Alzheimer's uh, in a lot of different people. So hopefully it's um, something that develops in a, in a positive way, because I've firsthand seen the effects of Alzheimer's disease and dementia, and it is very difficult to watch. It's, it's just heartbreaking. Um, but 
this is good news. Uh, so glad to report it here at the end of the show. And that's going to do it for us on this Tuesday night slash Wednesday edition of Up Late. Could be any day, I guess, depending on when you're listening to us on the podcast. Thanks for checking it out. So, we'll be back on Wednesday night slash Thursday. See if we have any news on how the NBA is dealing with this Myers-Leonard story. We should have some news on Wednesday back in the U.S. Um, There could be a bill signing in the future for President Biden, easily his biggest legislative victory right at the outset, and that is COVID stimulus relief coming to millions and millions and millions of Americans. $1,400 checks, extended unemployment, Expected to get through the House Tuesday or Wednesday and then signed into law by President Joe Biden. Big victory for him on the legislative front. It wasn't easy, but it's a victory nonetheless. I'll catch you back here on Wednesday slash Thursday. I'm Jason Page. Thanks for hanging out with me. Up late. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.